Fans Podcast, your home for movie news, reviews, and movie fan views. That's right. This is the podcast from movie fans for movie fans. I am your host, Ryan Dunlevy, and joined by my co-host once again, Rob Dunham. How you doing, Rob? Hello, everybody. All right. So we got a great show. Uh, we're going to talk about Warner Brothers restructuring its deal following its HBO Max announcement. We will discuss watching movies on a Swedish island. We will play the location game. And we will be discussing what you can watch this month on Disney Plus and Peacock. So make sure you stay in tune for that. So Rob, let's kick it off with our first news story. And this one I thought was probably the biggest story of the week. Uh, and that's Warner Brothers is planning to introduce a new payment structure uh, with filmmakers, cast, crews uh, based partially on the HBO Max streaming deals. Now, if you've been following along on, with our podcast, uh, you will know that we've talked about this story a couple times. Um, HBO, uh, Warner Brothers has decided to put in its entire 2021 movie slate on both HBO Max and in theaters. And this was not well received by some directors and some movie studios. Um, and we found out partially it's because of the way their payments were structured. And they started making a lot of noise and a lot of complaints to Warner Brothers. So now it looks like Warner Brothers is addressing some of those complaints. So, um, Basically, to sum up the story, it's a little bit complicated, but to sum up the story, basically a lot of these studios and directors and things get paid. Their incentive structure is such that the better a movie does in the box office, the more likely they are to hit bonuses with the studios. And with the decision to move the movies for 2021 uh, to both HBO Max and theaters, that's definitely going to depress the theater turnout which would then hurt the studio's monies. So uh, it looks like Warner Brothers, at least in part with legendary studios, has agreed to restructure that to uh, lower the amount of box office revenue it would take to earn bonuses and to include streaming as a part of that. Uh, so Rob, what did you think about this? I think it was inevitable that we were gonna see some change and shift in the dynamics when it came to pay structure just because this is an entirely new paradigm with the release of movies so it couldn't stay the same because there was just no way that the people involved in the movie were going to make anything uh, so the issue is how much are they going to make um, is it going to be sustainable i i don't think even in the worst case scenario i don't see like movie theaters be going away and never being a thing again like they'll they'll be back in some form uh without a doubt in my mind um i did find the one quote in the article interesting uh dennis villanueva's nueva said i strongly believe the future of cinema will be on the big screen no matter what any wall street dilettante says <laughs> <laughs> why don't you tell us how you really feel dennis <laughs> He's not only my second favorite director, but he's just as good a quote as my first favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah, Christopher Nolan and Villanueva definitely uh, both have very strong feelings about cinema and film and how things should be done. 
yeah in the correct way so i'm not surprised <laughs> to hear from him yeah. on this yeah. uh so yeah i guess you know this is all brand new so it's mm -hmm. hard to really say how successful uh this new structure will be in this new uh stratagem for uh the movie industry with paying directly based on the streaming but i guess we'll find out because we'll start to see some numbers here. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're, we're just not seeing a whole lot yet because we're right at the beginning. So mm -hmm. it's going to be hard to evaluate for a little while. Yeah, what's interesting to me is that I would have thought that Warner Brothers would have entered into some of these negotiations before they went and announced all of this their yeah. plan for 2021. I mean, it seems like that would have been a major hurdle that might have come up in one of their meetings to say, hey, what do you think the studios are gonna think about this? Um, it appears like that really wasn't the case. Like they just made up their minds and then are dealing with the fallout afterwards. So um, I think it's at least positive that they recognize that some of this other stuff has to change. And if they wanna keep their relationships with studios as, as good as legendary, for instance, that, um, that they're gonna wanna change up how things work. And it does make sense. I think so, some of it would have to be like strategy and negotiation too, because yeah. in that world, there's a lot of high powered back and forth, trying to get the upper hand in negotiation. And it could have been a power move in the first place by Warner to put that announcement out there to try and weaken the ability of studios to negotiate or bargain back and forth. Um, but they had to do something. They couldn't just let it sit and not address it. So. Yeah. yeah, I guess we like I said, we'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they said it's unclear if other studios are going to engage in the same type of deal or if this is going to be a universal thing or or what. So, um, but hopefully they all get along and we get to see the, all the movies we want and uh, it's powerful going forward. So let's just be friends, everybody. <laughs> friends who watch and make movies. Yes. So it's it's fun to get a look at sometimes at the back the back end of movies and how movies are made. But speaking of movies being made, let's move on to our second story, which is a whole ton of Netflix movies are coming this year. Like a lot. Like one every single week. I've been looking forward to this. According to Netflix. <laughs> So, yes, Netflix teases a massive 2021 movie slate in which they plan on releasing a movie every single week. And they actually just released a trailer with their film previews. So they're going to have a ton of big name actors in some of their movies like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Jennifer Lawrence, Melissa McCarthy, Halle Berry. Some of these are actually making their directorial debuts. You're going to have uh, Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds as well um but a lot of movies one every single week so there is a ton of stuff uh, we'll link to the article that talks about um all of the movies that they have um including a lin manuel miranda directorial debut um some of them appear intriguing um but i gotta tell you my initial thought on this is one of my complaints about Netflix is that they have too much content and they haven't always put in the, the work to make the content they have as strong as possible. And I've thought similar things about their movies 
in that they're just, I haven't seen one that's been really, really strong yet. And my concern is with hearing they're going to release this many movies coming up, that we're going to get the same thing. We're going to get a, a ton of like, okay to decent movies and very few really good ones. What was your reaction to this? Yeah, but to be honest, when I look at the article, the, the first thing that jumps out at me and, and scares me is Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer's superhero debut. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit scary. Yes. That may be one I don't watch. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, there's certainly a lot of star power in here. And we've seen other Netflix movies already uh, with Charlize Theron and... Uh, uh also last year uh ryan reynolds with six underground and will smith with bright there have been netflix movies that have had big stars and like you said they've been good to probably slightly above average i don't i don't think there's been any that have been great necessarily um you also think of the irishman which came out mm -hmm. which had like everyone in it even though they were de-aged to 30 years younger than they actually <laughs> are uh and it was 12 hours long but that's besides the point. Um, I, I think there's a lot of room for growth. I do think that over the course of their movie production, the quality has slightly gone up. I think that it is increasing, but I think that um, it's just going to take time to keep building and building. And the fact that there are so many heavy hitters involved in these movies, I think is definitely positive. And We'll just have to see because you never know when someone is going to nail it when it comes to a movie. Mm -hmm. I think the odds are higher than most that a lot of these movies will be good. But like, I, like you said, I don't know if they'll be great. But there is certainly a space for good movies because there are a lot of not good movies. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's been a lot of terrible Netflix movies either. So I think they're very much in that middle area. I worry that Not they're, you, Adam Sandler. they're gonna water down their content. Like if yeah. you have a movie coming out every week, how are you gonna possibly promote your better ones? I mean, you assume you've got that many movies, then not all of them are gonna be of the same budget, the same quality, the same kind mm -hmm. of star power. Like how are you gonna put enough weight and momentum behind all of them to be able to do that? Um, it's ambitious, but I think more does not always equal better. Yeah. Live from Lin-Manuel Miranda's garage. Talk about the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Oh, yes. uh, it's any, anything that will come out will be better than what I watched last night. That's the teaser for later. Oh, yes. You stay tuned for hear this. I, I'm looking forward to this one, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> also, shout out to any of the... Uh, group from the uh, tops bunt section of Reddit who for reasons unknown to me decided to check out my podcast the other night. So awesome. Yeah, uh, hopefully a couple of you will stick around and it's a shout out to you guys out there. Welcome. Yes. Okay. So let's go on to our, our third story. And this is kind of a fun story. Rob, do you want to take the lead on this one since you brought this one to, uh, to the attention of the podcast here? Indeed, give me just one second, because I am hyper-prepared right now. Yes. Uh, but essentially, there is a film festival, um, the Gothenburg Film Festival from Sweden, uh, which 
usually takes place over there where they show a whole bunch of movies. Uh, and this year, in, in lieu of the festival and getting everyone together in a, in a uh, location, you know, with people all close to each other and stuff, they decide to send one person, one person to an island in the North Sea with the lighthouse. And there's a picture of this island on the article that I'm sure we'll link. Uh, and it's like, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's like in the middle of this black, dark sea with nothing around it on these craggy rocks. It just looks scary. And and I was just wondering, like, this they're going to send this person to this island for seven days with only movies to watch. And, I, you know, I'm assuming they're going to, like, have food there for them so they don't die. Yeah. I would probably hope. just movie popcorn and, and like snow caps <laughs> that's all you need when you're watching movies uh if it was me they would have butter for the popcorn if it was ryan that we, we would not have butter for no the butter. popcorn no uh, but yeah it made me really think if you were in that spot and you were surrounded by the howling winds and the darkness and the scariness and the sea monsters uh what movies would you want to watch would you want to watch things that would heighten your feeling of existential dread? Would you want to watch things that make you happy and take you to a place that is not where you are? Uh, I just want, like, you're also by yourself, so you can really watch whatever you want. There's no other person next to you that you have to worry about their sensibility. You can just go ahead and throw whatever you want on there. Uh, so give me a couple movies that you would watch if you were forced to be alone by yourself on an <laughs> island in the North Sea in the middle of the night. I think I think you'd have to watch um, Castaway. I think you'd have to watch mm. The Perfect Storm. I think you'd have Oof. to watch The Lighthouse. <laughs> the Lighthouse is cheating, and that was going to be one of my answers. So <laughs> thanks for that. Yeah, no. I if I <laughs> honestly, if I were doing this, I'd want like epic, epic adventures. So mm. I, I would think like if I'm on an epic adventure, I need epic adventure movies. So I feel like I would have to take the Lord of the Rings trilogy um probably not the hobbit trilogy not the hobbit trilogy <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i'd be okay if it were there but like yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what we put on when we're ready for a nap <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, Small. Yeah. yeah so epic adventure stories that's what i need i need epic adventure stories so i might even take like the secret life of walter mitty mm. um i would um yeah, I would. I think I would take. I would take some submarine movies too. Mm, Life Aquatic. Get that sea vibe. Yeah. You know? Hunt for Red October, Crimson Tide, U five seven one. Yeah. Yeah, I I uh, I would have to go with since we're going to be there for seven days. I think I want a bunch of series mm. like movies where I can watch from start to finish. And there's something when you watch a series that you can get a different view of things if you're watching them like all the way through in a short amount of time. And uh, you already mentioned Lord of the Rings, um, but I would also think like Harry Potter, mm. the whole the whole eight movie series there. I would also go with uh, all the Star Wars movies. Uh, why not throw all the Star Trek movies in there? Yeah. Um, let's, let's go with some Fast and Furious because at some point we need to turn our brain off. Yeah, uh, at some point. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, I mean, if you want to knock out just a couple of days, you got to go with all the James Bond movies, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From start to finish. I like it.
Yeah, I think that I think what I mentioned would almost take up seven days. So I think you might. Yeah, you wouldn't have a whole lot more left to watch after that. Yeah. No, that's good. So yeah, check it out. This uh, there's still time to apply actually because I think oh. it's the seventeenth is the deadline to apply. Excellent. So if you're listening to this very soon after it comes out, you probably still can apply to be the uh, one person at the Goatberg Film Festival out on your little island in a lighthouse. So. Yeah, enjoy the craggy rocks and terrifying death mermaids that will probably float up on shore. Yes, and no guarantee that that rock is still going to be above the waterline by the time you're done. <laughs> You may or may not uh, lose your mind, have two personalities, or be visited by Willem Dafoe spouting <laughs> sea shanty rhymes at you. No guarantees. Yeah. Those are the movie The Lighthouse references. And, Which you uh, should watch just because it's a trip. It is. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get into our first discussion item for today. So we're going to play a game, and this game is called On Location. And so we're going to play this kind of in two different ways. Um, I'm going to play it one way with Rob, and Rob's going to play it a slightly different way with me. Certainly does not have anything to do with the fact that we did not discuss it until right before we started filming and realized we both interpreted the instructions differently. <laughs> no, that, that couldn't possibly have happened. <laughs> that would never happen. We're like professionals. We are professional if that did happen, we need to fire our production staff. I know. They're really slack. Seriously. The zero dollars we pay them. Yes, and the it's fact that they remote. are non-existent and invisible is also yeah. hurting us right now. I might just punch myself in the arm. That's about all I can do for that. <laughs> Sometimes Tyler reviews movies for me. <laughs> That's a Fight Club reference, if yeah. anyone does not know that. All right, so the way this is going to work is um, I will give Rob a movie. And then Rob is supposed to tell me of the various scenes in that movie, what locations were they on? Not where they were filmed necessarily, but where they took place. You know, where the instance, movie says they took place. For instance, if we were doing, um, let's say, The Fellowship of the Ring, we would say Hobbiton instead of New Zealand, because it's where it took place in the movie, not where it was filmed for me. When now, we get Rob, to me, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to do the opposite. <laughs> it is where it was filmed and not where it is in the movie. So This is not going to be confusing at all to the listeners, so that's great. <laughs> but first rule of podcast, make sure things are easy to follow. <laughs> yes. All right. So I will give Rob the first one, and I will, I will once again, I will explain the instructions. So the first movie I'm going to give you is Skyfall. Okay. So your job is to tell me in the movie Skyfall, where does the movie, in, where does James Bond's character and, and the various scenes in the movie, where are all the different places where they take place? So you get points for each one that you're able to name. Uh, do you have uh, an amount from Skyfall? Um, let's say between, because some of these I could go, I could go more specific or less specific. So let's okay. say between um, between five and seven, depending on okay. how specific you feel like getting. All right, I, th I think I'm pretty confident about Skyfall. All right. This other one that you told me I'm not confident at all because I'd never keep them straight. 
Uh, but <laughs> I will give you the plot of it first to keep you straight. Okay. Uh, Skyfall, uh, London. Yes. Um, Macau. Yes. Hong Kong. No. Hmm. Where's that scene? All right, I'm going to skip that one for now. Uh, Scotland. Yes. Uh, the Scottish Highlands, to be specific. Yeah. Um, the scene with the digital billboards is, I thought that was Hong Kong, but you're saying it's not. It's not Hong Kong. Uh, it is Asia. Yes. Um, is that in Beijing? No. Uh, man, I'm running out of places. <laughs> Tokyo? No. I have no idea that. Okay. <laughs> I really thought it was Hong Kong, so that's a fail by me. Right. There's, there's two other locations. Okay. Um, and if you get neither one of them, do they specifically tell you with like an overlay mm -hmm. where it is. And I'll give, you, I'll give you some hints on this one. The first okay. one is the opening sequence, like the opening scenes of the movie, when he stumbles upon the agent who's been shot and then him and Money Penny have to chase him down. The whole thing where he's, you know, he jumps on the train and then she shoots him and he falls off and that's, uh. he dies. That's the first one. And the second one you're missing is the is the scene where um, he first meets the villain on his island. Yeah. Does the first one take place in Germany? No. Uh, it is Europe. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind then. <laughs> continent right first, and then we'll go from there. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, then. <laughs> uh, let's see. The other one. Uh, it's an island. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, this one, this one is, would be pretty hard. I, I would accept a couple of general answers. Oh, where is I that might island? might even give you island, but we'll see. I'm, I'm, just go ahead and let me know what All the right. other two are. So the very first, the opening sequence takes place in Turkey. Okay. So the whole thing is take place takes place in Turkey. Um, the island is Hashima Island off the coast of Japan. Mm. Um, in the movie, it's it's not clear whether they're. It's basically they take a boat from Macau over there, so it's off the coast of right. Japan, China. So um, anywhere in there, and the city you were missing was Shanghai. Mm. It takes place the the. The lit, yeah. the lit tower scene uh, takes place in Shanghai. I would like to point out that uh, Turkey competes in the European Championships in soccer, so I'm counting it as Europe. All right, fair enough. <laughs> it's, cool. it's on the borderline. <laughs> I'm not giving you a point for the continent. <laughs> I get uh, like a quarter point, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. So you get three and a quarter points for uh, awesome. Skyfall. Sweet. All right. All right, you're up. Uh, let's go with, uh, the easier one, I think. Okay. And uh, since we didn't, you know, talk about the rules, I'll give you, I'll give you half a point 
for where the movie says it is and half a point for where it actually was. Okay. But two of them are, well, at least one of them is a gimme because it's pretty hard to fake the place they were at. Yeah. So uh, The Rock is where? The Rock is Alcatraz Island, San Francisco. Correct. So that's a point. Uh, San Francisco in general is used throughout the movie in a whole bunch of different places. Yes. Um, what other place in California has a majority of the scenes from the movie? Hmm. Let me see. I'm trying to think. Is it LA? It is. And there's no real specific like mm-hmm. this. There's there's just a whole bunch of small scenes. Yeah. That are all throughout uh, shot like exteriors and stuff in Los Angeles. And the last major setting in the movie is at the end. Do you remember? where the movie says it is and do you know where it actually was it's on a beach they're on a beach um shoot it's been too long since i've seen the rock um they're not on a beach they're not no 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 they're driving in the car aren't they and they go somewhere yeah i was confusing two two movies uh vegas it is not vegas okay I remember because they're looking at and he's like he's like do you want to know who killed kennedy yeah they're looking at the microfilm <sighs> and he does in the movie sean connery's character tells him or either tells him or it's written on the note because they go they, they go find it's it like on a leg of a church yeah oh man no i, I tell I, him I the place remember where that's at the, so the movie says it's in fort walton kansas <sighs> okay um what state do you think it was actually filmed in I'm going to go with Oregon. It's actually California. The entire movie, The Rock, was filmed in California. Yeah. And uh, that scene was filmed in Ventura, California. Okay. Standing in for Kansas. There was really no need to go to Kansas just to film inside a church. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, we got to be real method with this. We got to go all the way to Kansas. (laughs) Sorry, Nick. Just got to do it for the art, you know? Yeah. Oh, Nick Cage. Oh, we're going to talk about you more, my friend. Just every week, man. Bit. He just, just worms his way in every single week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Legend. All right. So back to uh, back to your the second movie. Again, um, you have to come up with the locations that the movie indicates it was in. Um, so this is Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Now, to keep them straight, Ghost Protocol is the one where where he is in prison they have to get him in prison um they blow up some buildings and you know they assume they assume that he's responsible and he has to go underground they disavow all the uh all the agents he has to go underground um it's also the one where he's climbing on the external on the external of a of a skyscraper um it's got uh uh, Last say do in it as uh, as one of the bad characters. All right, do you know which one I'm referring to? At this yeah. Point? Okay. So um, the, name for me the locations in this movie. Well, the skyscraper is that uh, rich Middle Eastern country. Thankfully, there's only like one of them. 
<laughs> I always get them mixed up. Um, is Abu Dhabi the place with all the giant skyscrapers or no? <laughs> Not in this case. It's uh, a good guess. It's a good guess, but no. Oh, what's that other one? It's not. It's not the United Arab Emirates. It is. Oh, it is. I mean, it is the United Arab Emirates. That's what yeah. I meant to say. Of the course. city is Dubai. Okay. In the yes, United Arab that's, Emirates. That's, I think that's why I always get confused because I think of Dubai and the United Arab Emirates as separate entities when one is actually inside of yeah. the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'll give you that because you you got that one. Yeah. The other stuff, I uh, is Paris involved in this movie? This one does not take place in Paris. Okay. Uh, There's a scene where a really, where a really famous building gets blown up, and he ends up in the hospital. Yeah, I just have not watched the Mission Impossible movies enough times to keep them separate in my mind. Yeah. So what do we got? Okay. So the opening sequence where um, Josh Holloway from Lost gets killed by uh, Leia Seydoux's character takes place mm. in Budapest, Hungary. Okay. Um, then they go to Russia and they break Ethan out of prison in Russia and then they blow up the Kremlin. Yes. So there's a Moscow-Russia scene. You already got the Dubai, UAE. Then they go to India, to Mumbai, which is where they do that whole like the magnets i'll catch you scene mm-hmm. this uh, is this is uh telling me i need to watch all the mission impossible movies again yeah. and then they <laughs> wrap up the movie when the team meets after the movie is over they wrap up in seattle washington nice all right so you get one of those sweet that was excellent i'm really good at guessing <laughs> um so uh, the other one for me is the Shawshank Redemption. Mm, okay. Um, and this one is intentionally tricky because none of the places where the movie says they're actually happening are where they're actually happening. Yeah. Do you know in the book, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, uh, the short story, where they say Shawshank Prison is? It's in Maine. Um, yes. I want to say Portland, Maine. Maine is close enough. I'm going to give you credit for that. Yeah. Do you know what state it was actually filmed in? It was filmed in Ohio. Whoa, good. So check this out. Check this out. I have a friend who, her and her husband, lived in Ohio, in like either in the town or right next to the town where the hospital, where mm-hmm. the prison hospital, where, where the actual filming took place. Then they moved to Maine right outside the town where the story supposedly takes place. Nice. Yeah, and the town in our city or whatever in Ohio is Mansfield, Ohio. Yes. Um, okay, the the uh, beach scene that you were thinking of is at the end of this movie, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's supposed to be in Sewataneo. Yes, which, do you know what con- country Sewataneo is in? It's supposed to be in Mexico. Yes. Do you Baja. know where it was actually filmed? Where it was actually filmed, I want to say California. Uh, no. <sighs> okay. Um, then let's. It go. actually was not filmed in the contiguous United States. <sighs> Interesting, but you still said United States. Puerto Rico. No. 
But you're getting closer. Uh, Virgin Islands. Yes, the U.S. Virgin Islands. And you're not going to get this in a million years, but there is one other place that they filmed a couple scenes in a state. And it's never mentioned, like, or even referenced to. I think it's just a place they shot some random stuff in. Hmm. Um, are we talking about the scenes where him, him going into banks and stuff? Or are we talking- I'm not sure. I'm not sure that might be what they filmed there. I didn't give specifics on the IMDb page. All right, so I'm just going to guess the random state of Kansas again, because why not? Uh, you're, you're get heading out there. It's actually Arizona. Okay. And Yuma, Arizona, to be specific. And I think that might actually be the bank scene. Mm. Uh, but I can't say for sure. So okay. Sweet. We both failed successfully. Yes. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, that was fun. I enjoyed that. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to try some more games here at a later time. Um, Apparently, the less we communicate, the better the games are. So yes. let's keep on doing that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So now we want to move on to uh, something we try to do at the beginning of each month is go over uh, some things that are out on different streaming services and give our recommendations about what to watch on those particular streaming services. So uh, today we are going to hit up uh, Disney Plus and um, uh, Peacock because uh, we haven't done the, either of those before. So let's get to it. So Rob, you did Disney Plus and I did Peacock. So let's go through and we uh, both of these uh, lists are going to be on our website, filmforfans.com. By the time you listen to this, both of them will be up and available for reading. Uh, so make sure you check out the full lists at uh, filmforfans.com. But we're going to give you a couple of uh, a couple of highlights off of our list. So Rob, go ahead and give us some Disney Plus stuff. Yeah, so I would say the first thing with Disney Plus is there's a whole bunch of stuff on there that's going to just be up there and stay on there. Your Pixar movies, Disney classic animation, Marvel movies now, Star Wars movies, all that stuff is there. Um, so I didn't necessarily look at those because they're just kind of steady. So I looked at things that are new since uh, they debuted. And uh, just a couple, and I've talked about, I think, these before uh, in reviews or just in passing uh, from a watch list standpoint. But the movie Soul is on there, uh, Pixar's newest movie uh, starring Jamie Foxx as the main character, Joe, who's a, who's a, a school music teacher and has aspirations and dreams to be a world famous jazz musician. It's been his goal since he was a young child when his dad took him to a jazz club. And it seems like he just got his big break and all of a sudden his world falls apart and he falls down uh, a sewer drain and he wakes up and he's not in his body. He's just a soul. And the movie is very funny and definitely can be uh, relatable to kids, but it's also uh, very deep on exploring some real serious philosophical issues when it comes to the concept of soul, uh, when it comes to the concept of what makes a person who they are uh, the dreams that they have, the goals that they end up pursuing, what motivates all that and what drives us. And uh, I think it's a really good look at that. And it's by the same uh, guy, Pete Doctor, who directed Inside Out. And it's not a sequel to Inside Out, but it's definitely got a lot of the same feel and kind of exploring the same issues. And I, I would say Inside Out is similar in that it explored a lot of the inner workings of a person but I think this goes even farther with it, a little bit deeper. Um, so I definitely recommend it. And I think that 
Um, it's a good movie for adults to watch as well as kids. Uh, and then one other one that I've really enjoyed recently was the movie Noel, which you might want to wait until Christmas time to watch. But if you don't care about watching holiday movies outside of holiday time, you should give it a go. Bill Hader plays Nick Kringle, who is Santa Claus's son and is assuming the role of Santa Claus and decides he doesn't want to be Santa Claus. So he escapes to, of course, Phoenix, Arizona. Why not? Which, you know, is the ideal goal for anyone who wants to get away from a place that's cold. <laughs> I think the only reason why he picks it is because he's seen a picture in a travel magazine that makes it look really warm and friendly. So he goes there to teach yoga. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his sister, Noel, played by Anna Kendrick, chases him down and has to save Christmas and along the way discovers some things about herself that alter the course of her life and Christmas as we know it will never be the same. Also, Billy Eichner is in this. And if you ever watch Billy on the street, uh, you should check him out in this because he's just hilarious and I love him. And uh, it's, it's very fun to see him in a role where he's not just running at random strangers screaming at them and waving dollar bills in their face. By the way, if you never watched Billy on the Street, you need to watch that because that's amazing. Uh, I think my my favorite thing ever, and his sense of humor carries over into the movie, so that's why I think it's worth bringing up. My favorite skit ever on Billy on the Street is he runs up to a lady with a dollar and he goes, name a woman for one dollar. <laughs> Any woman. And the lady's just standing there like shocked and like can't move. And she literally for 30 seconds cannot name one woman. <laughs> kind of like the celebrity Jeopardy. It's like put down a letter. <laughs> and by the time thirty seconds is up, Billy Eichner is just like no, and runs away with the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What's on uh, Peacock? Okay, oh, so now, one overlays. thing. One thing with Peacock is they have a free tier, and then they have a, a paid tier. So some of the movies are on the free tier. Some of the movies are on the paid tier. Um, so depending on which version of Peacock you have, you may or may not be able to see these. So that's the one caveat with this. Um, so the first one I'm going to do is Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom is a Wes Anderson movie. If you've ever seen a Wes Anderson movie, you understand that they will be different, that they will mm. be very different. And Wes Anderson has his own unique style. I think that Moonrise Kingdom is actually one of the more accessible ones if you've never seen a Wes Anderson movie before. It may not be the, the best or it may not be the, the first one you should see, but it's pretty accessible. It's, got a, it's about um, two kids who kind of like have an infatuation with each other who decide to run away from home. And it's really endearing and it's lighthearted. And Edward Norton is great as the, as the scoutmaster. Uh, but it's got this understated humor and this kind of uh, naive joviality to it. Uh, but it's heartfelt and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And if you, if you are unfamiliar with Wes Anderson movies and you want to check this one out, uh, one of the things to look for with Wes Anderson movies is look for his use of symmetry, the way he sets up scenes. And he, when, he, when he shows you a wide angle shot, it's almost always balanced. So you need, to, you need to watch for and look, look out for Wes Anderson and his use of symmetry throughout the, the cinematography of the movies. But it's well-written, it's fun, it's interesting. It's a pretty good family movie for the most part. I think, um, I think it's certainly worth checking out. It's quite entertaining. 
Yeah, Moonrise Kingdom was the is one of the ones I need to watch again because the first time I watched it just made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I think part of that was I was watching it with uh, with friends, and we went to a blockbuster video, which is a very old timey sentence, Whoa. and picked out this movie. And when it got to some certain scenes, I was like, "This is awkward watching with other people." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's still a good movie. It's Wes Anderson, so. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one I'll go with is uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Mm. So this was the documentary, not the not the Tom Hanks one where Tom Hanks played Fred Rogers. This is the actual documentary about Fred Rogers' life. Um, and it covers his whole career. It's fantastic. It's so well done. It gives you a lot of behind the scenes look at who he was and what made him what he was. I think one of the things that really stood out to me about this was you got to see a side of him that was fierce, that was super fierce, that was really tough and was really passionate. You think of him as this nice, calm, reserved guy, but he had, he was, he was tough as nails. He was, he was not having, he did not play around. And just watching him, there's one scene in particular where he's testifying in front of Congress and he's just like blasting the Congress people for stuff they're putting in front of children and how they're not protecting children. And just watch him come to the defense of children. It was just so cool to see. I mean, this guy had so many positive traits and, and it's just an inspiring story to see. Yeah, I've, I actually saw that one in the theater and what was really cool was there are people all the way from 20 year olds to 70 year olds in the theater watching this movie. and seeing the breadth of people that were impacted by him and his show, whether it was them or their kids or their grandkids was something that was really uh, meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the last one I'll reference here is uh, I have to do it from a little bit of a nerd standpoint is serenity. Mm. So serenity with Nathan Fillion, Summer Glau, um, a whole bunch of others. Um, Basically, this is the movie uh, that is based on the much beloved and far too short series Firefly uh, that has a cult following. <laughs> we are part of the cult. You will join. You will watch Firefly. So basically, it's kind of like the condolence, the condolence prize for all the fans of Firefly. Here, you got a movie. Um, and so basically the movie tells the story that was the show, um, but with a bigger budget. Um, so it tells the story of an assassin is trying to track down Summer Glau's character, um, who's on the ship, the Serenity, and they're trying to avoid, they're trying to avoid this. And so the, it's a, it's a really cool movie. It's a fun sci-fi movie. Um, the characters are, are memorable and interesting. Uh, there's a lot of good humor in it. Um, interesting backstories, um, interesting plot developments, um, and how they weave, how they weave the different characters in, and and how they go about the movie. I think it was really well done, and it's a lot of fun. Now you don't have to have seen Firefly to to watch this movie. Um, I think I think a comparable might be if you really if you'd enjoy some of the things that Guardians of the Galaxy brings in. I think you could enjoy Serenity. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think that uh, if you can watch the show before you watch the movie, you'll have a lot more context, uh, especially 
in regards to what happens in the beginning of the movie, there's a lot more emotional weight if you've actually seen the show first because the movie takes place after the show. So there's a lot of background that you'll miss out if you haven't actually seen the show. But I do think that they did a decent job of making it standalone as well. Like they, they, they had this tricky balance where they had to explain what happened in the show for everyone who had not seen the show, but still not like pander too much so that the people who had already seen the show didn't feel dumb. So it, it's, a, it's a tricky thing, but I think they pulled it off pretty well. I think that you can watch it by itself. Um, so I definitely recommend checking it out. And since you said that Firefly was a condolence prize, I would like to offer my consolations to everyone. <laughs> this is Firefly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. It was so much more fun to say it that way than to just correct you immediately. <laughs> English what? is hard, people, okay? Get what off our back. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. going to get edited out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go, go to the watch list. All right. I'm going to start on, out on this one because I want to give you, I want to give you some, some space for. Oh, for we your, need, we need it. For your review of uh, one of your movies here. So a couple of things I watched this past week was I watched, uh, I watched, got to watch 1917 again. I had recently picked it up and got to watch it again. The fun thing when you watch 1917 is it's designed to, to look like it was filmed in one continuous shot the entire movie. There's no cuts anywhere in the movie. Now, it, it wasn't actually filmed like this. They actually, did, they actually did do cuts and different things. So one of the fun things to, to do when you watch the movie, since there's no visible cuts, is to try and figure out where they might have actually stopped the movie where they might have stopped filming that particular scene. So that's a fun thing to watch, but it's a fantastic movie. It's an incredible journey and just a masterpiece of cinematography and directing. Um, so that's one. Um, another one I watched, uh, which is also on my list for Peacock is State of Play. Uh, it's a movie about uh, starring Russell Crowe and Rachel McAdams and Ben Affleck, uh, where two investigative reporters are tracking down a number of murders that are connected to a congressman. Uh, so it's one of those classic investigative journalism stories as a murder mystery. Uh, there's a lot of intrigue and suspense there. So that's worth a watch. Um, and then I got to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it's such a good movie. It's, I, I always go back and forth on Tarantino. Some of his movies I love, some of them I can't stand. Uh, this is one of the ones I love. He still needs an editor. There's so many, there's so many films like this is a nostalgia piece for old, old Hollywood. It really is. It's a nostalgia piece for old Hollywood. And it's clear there's just stuff in this movie that has nothing to do with anything other than Tarantino going, I want to show that. One of the classic ones is when uh, there's a scene where, where they come up to uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character and he says, is it true that you almost got the, the, the role in The Great Escape? And then it shows Leonardo DiCaprio taking Steve McQueen's role and dubbing Leonardo DiCaprio into the Steve McQueen role in, in The Great Escape. It's, it's a lot of fun for those of us who like The Great Escape, but it has absolutely nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. And he has a lot of those moments in there. So uh, consequently, the movie is two and a half hours long and really doesn't need to be, but it's really, really good. 
Yeah, I just like to mention that we gained another uh, podcast follower from the Tops Bunt subreddit as we're recording. So you know, I'm out here doing I'm out here doing work. Yes, yeah, and they're excited to hear about my movie because we actually I was actually discussing it with some of them on the Discord as as I was watching this movie and sending them screenshots and videos because uh, I just have no words <laughs> for what I saw the other night. <laughs> All right, hit, hit us up with it. Let's go. So there's a movie, uh, or it might be a money laundering scheme, I haven't quite decided, <laughs> starring Nicolas Cage called Jiu-Jitsu. And Ryan actually teased this in a podcast several, a couple months ago, I think. Yeah. He, when he talked about that it was going to be coming out. Um, and he had a little description of it. And the description did not do justice to the absolute insanity <laughs> that I watched on screen. And... Uh, in, in lieu of starting with a review, I thought that I would just start by reading selected quotes from the script because oh, let's do it. this will give you an idea of what we're dealing with here. Now, now, let's remember, these are things that actual professional people wrote down on paper and decided belonged in a movie. <laughs> Who were those Jedi Knights that just took out my entire unit? <laughs> um, this movie is not a Star Wars movie, so yes. Let's just say it's not about the plutonium le plutonium levels anymore. <laughs> <laughs> My Geiger counter's going crazy. Um, by the way, the Geiger counter appears to be like just a radar gun that's painted black. But you know, we're just gonna move past that. Um, Get off my piano. That's a Nicolas Cage quote. Oh, also God. a Nicolas Cage quote. The poet. I'm the poet warrior in the sci-fi sense. What does they mean? <laughs> Thanks to you, we got to climb up this hill with the Geiger counters. And that, my friends, is alien politics five through 15. What does that mean? What are alien politics one through four and why do they not matter? Why is this? I, I... And the absolute winner and the one that made me sick personally because, he, yeah. Uh, it's game over. Ball and mitt. Game, match, set. What? Checkmate. What? <laughs> and I did not misspeak. They actually said game, match, set. So we're Which is not even the right order. We're mixing multiple sports and activities, and we're not even getting the order in the sports and activities correct. Is that, is that what you're telling me? No one in this entire production realized how tennis works. No one. No one. Because they let this be recorded on film and released to the public. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. And I have to, it's unfortunate, but I have to let you know that the script is not the worst part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> was there any actual jujitsu? I'm, I'm, I'm longing to hear. Uh, there was uh jujitsu uh sure but uh most of the action appeared to be people flailing their limbs around actually not hitting anyone and throwing themselves back from supposedly being hit i don't think i saw a person actually get hit in the entire movie interesting and i think a lot of movies do this and in fact some other movies have been called out for it one that i can remember uh pretty vividly is a lot of people had issue with the dark knight rises and some of the fight sequences with bane and Christian Bale. Um, but this was just a whole nother level. Like the very first fight scene, the guy reached out his arm to punch and like the person he was punching 
before the arm even got to him, threw himself backwards about 10 feet. <laughs> I, like, there's no, the, I can't describe how awful the action was. The, the bad guy, we're gonna have to find a way to put a screenshot up on this or something. But the, the bad alien guy was like a guy in a suit whose face appeared to be the front of a PlayStation 4 controller. Like it was just like changing LED colors on the face shield. I, they're, they're like Nicolas Cage is the good guy, bad guy's dad. I don't, I don't know. Like we don't really know if he's the good guy or bad guy because he has amnesia. <laughs> of course he does. Uh, <laughs> They, they're talk, They're speaking. They have a translator from the military who's speaking Burmese to a lady, and at one point says, "No joke, like loon tune boon foon." <laughs> his, his last comment to the lady in Burmese is, "I like ladies with thick thighs," and then she says, "It doesn't matter. You're all going to die anyway." Also, the translator is played by Crabman from My Name Is Earl. If that gives you any indicator <laughs> of what we're dealing with. I, of course, this movie stars Nicolas Cage. This movie is the most, I, it, was, it, was a, it was a car wreck. <laughs> I, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't have high hopes for it. Um, oh, I didn't even mention the comet from outer space that shoot, shoots uh, magic ninja arrows at people and the alien comes down from the spaceship through a portal in the Buddhist temple to fight one or maybe nine people every six years. They kind of go back and forth. I don't know what's happening. Um, also the alien can see in infrared, of course. Of course. And of course we have the gratuitous alien seeing in infrared scenes because this is also Predator apparently. I don't. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu, watch it just because I want other people to feel my pain, please. <laughs> I don't want to be the only one. <laughs> <laughs> and I was telling Ryan earlier that sometimes I look, I really like to watch bad movies because it reminds me that they exist and not every movie is good because you can get in a rut where you're only watching good movies and you forget how terrible some are. And this one uh, reminded me of that last night. And then I actually watched a movie that was also not very good, but compared to this was like uh, Schindler's List. Uh, Honest Thief starring Liam Neeson. Have you seen this yet? Yeah, I've seen it. Um, very average in my opinion but compared to jujitsu uh it's like the best movie i've ever seen in my entire life yeah um, i would say that there were some parts of the performance and writing that were a little bit iffy for me um just like really fully investing and believing that the story could play out like it did i had some issues with but i did like the concept uh that this retired bank robber decides that he wants to give all the money he had he had stolen back because he wants to be with this lady and you know maybe the most unbelievable thing is that they the character is saying he stole nine million dollars and spent zero dollars of it yeah which like even if you're the most honest person in the world uh i think you're probably buying yourself like at least a new car i don't know yeah um so just like some of the initial premise issues for me made it a little difficult but um it like i said it was the shawshank redemption compared to jujitsu so <laughs> if you want to appreciate honest thief maybe watch jujitsu before it <laughs> and then you can have the exact same experience i had because 
uh, I've mentioned all this stuff, but you need like the visuals as all this is happening, just make it so much better worse. <laughs> you, you need to watch, you need to see these things. And yeah, jujitsu. Um, Nicholas Cage continues to find ways to make money. Indeed. Uh, that's pretty much all that it is, I think. Indeed. Hey, more power to him, man. <laughs> I mean, he's doing well because I think the two movies I've been most passionate about when we reviewed things on this podcast were Color Out of Space and Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> they both starred Nicolas Cage being an absolute insane lunatic. So it is what you're doing now. what you're doing, man. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. So let's just quickly we'll do uh we'll do what we're planning on watching this week. Um so I am planning on finally watching Searching. I tried to get my wife to watch it last week and she wasn't into it. So I'm going to try again this week. And I'm like searching for someone else to watch it with. But yeah. um, boom, boom. <laughs> so yeah, Searching. I'm uh, looking forward to watching Searching. Um, and again, I think I mentioned it last week, but it, it's a unique movie that all the, all the, the scenes are shot as though they're through a device, whether a phone, a computer, a webcam, um, any of those type of things. Um, it's a disappearance of a daughter mystery type movie. Um, and then the next thing I want to watch is I want to watch The Bourne Legacy. Uh, a couple weeks mm. ago, I went through the, the original Bourne trilogy, but I couldn't find The Bourne Legacy anywhere. So now I'm going to try and get it from the library and watch, uh, watch The Bourne Legacy. I, I think it's underrated. I think it's a pretty good movie. And I would like to see Jeremy Renner back in another Bourne movie with his character. Yeah, as I, I mentioned uh, last week about the classic uh, monster movies that are coming out um, on YouTube from Universal, um, The Mummy, The uh, uh, Dracula, Bride of Frankenstein, uh, all these things, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. There's a whole bunch of movies that are all coming out this weekend coming up and they'll be out for a week. So I recommend watching them. They are classics. I've not seen all of them, so I'm looking forward to watching them. So. This, this weekend in a couple days here, I'm planning on watching some classic scary movies and laughing at the fact that people thought they were scary. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, that is the show. We are so glad that you've stuck with us the whole way to the end. Um, and since you did, that means you're obviously a fan of this podcast. Now, will you do us a favor and rate and subscribe to the podcast? Share it with your friends. Let them know that this is a great way to get their movie information. And we have a great time doing it. So uh, definitely check out filmforfans.com. We've got the articles about what to watch out. We've got other reviews and other things on there that you have to check out. So make sure you visit filmforfans.com. And also our YouTube channel. Uh, we started putting up our first uh, cut review where we take our review from a movie from the podcast, we cut it up into a shorter sequence. And so our review, our video review of Wonder Woman 84 is now up on our YouTube channel. So make sure you check that out. And until next time, enjoy the movies. Let's just say it's not just about plutonium, plutonium levels anymore. I can't even say the word right. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we're- Bye everybody. <laughs>